You're listening to the micro version of the Savage Lovecast at savage.love. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, It's June, it's Pride Month, and I thought to kick off Pride Month, I would do a little counter-programming and check in on all the straight people, at least some of the famous ones. But first, I called it. Back in March, when Tennessee's drag ban was signed into law by Tennessee's GOP governor, who once did drag in front of a bunch of kids, I said that Tennessee's drag ban was obviously unconstitutional, that there was no way that drag ban could survive a court challenge. Well, U.S. District Judge Thomas Parker, a fucking Trump appointee, threw it out last week, just in time for Pride, writing that the law violates First Amendment freedom of speech protections and was unconstitutionally vague and substantially overbroad. So congrats to all the queens in Nashville who can go to Pride and melt in the sun this month without risking arrest. There are sure to be appeals, but for now, drag is legal in Tennessee. All right, so... How are the straight people doing? Not great. Taylor Swift is dating a guy who said some shitty things on a podcast, a pop star that I've never heard of before and whose name I already don't remember even after reading a long profile of him in this week's New Yorker. I just don't have room in my brain to store the names of any new celebrities. And my takeaway from that profile, besides, yeah, he said some very shitty things on a podcast, is Taylor Swift's new boyfriend smokes way too much. There's an online petition circulating signed by thousands of Swifties. Those are Taylor Swift fans who are in a very creepy parasocial relationship with Taylor Swift. They're demanding, the signers of that petition, that Swift dump her problematic boyfriend. I don't want to encourage people to dump romantic partners who said something stupid on a podcast once. That is not in my self-interest. I don't want to wake up single tomorrow, so I am not going to weigh in on what Taylor Swift should do in response to that petition. She should ignore it. Well, the news just broke. I don't have to learn Taylor Swift's new boyfriend's name because Taylor Swift has already, according to TMZ, broken up with her new boyfriend. Oh my God, straight people, you move fast. You break things. I can't keep up. Natalie Portman's husband of 11 years, French ballet dancer Benjamin Millipede, apparently cheated on her with a glamorous young climate activist, according to People Magazine. If someone only cheated on you once, as I like to say, he was good at monogamy. If somebody only cheated on you once, he was bad at being French. Army Hammer, not facing criminal charges. Variety reports the Los Angeles County DA's office has decided not to file sexual assault charges against actor Army Hammer following a lengthy investigation by the LAPD. The DA's office said it could not prove rape allegations beyond a reasonable doubt due to the, quote, complexity of the relationship between Hammer and his accuser. Hammer in a statement is claiming vindication, but he is also still admitting to treating women very poorly and is unlikely to get his career back, but not going to jail. People have been asking me to weigh in on all the straight people on Vanderpump rules, and I can't. I read the explainer in the New York Times about what the fuck is going on on this reality show I don't watch. I read it twice. I couldn't follow it. Al Pacino, going to be a dad again. Pacino, who is 83 years old, already has three adult children, the oldest of which is 34. And now his 29-year-old girlfriend, Noor Alfala, is pregnant with his fourth child. Robert De Niro, who recently became a new dad again at age 79, had a baby with his girlfriend, Tiffany Chen, his seventh child, his oldest being 51, sent his congrats to De Niro, who of course co-starred with him in Godfather 2. Now... These relationships, Pacino and De Niro's, involve significant age gaps, so you know what that means. That means a whole week of age gap discourse on the internet. Pacino, whose partner is an adult, and De Niro, whose partner is an adult, both stand accused of pedophilia, which is a word that used to mean something very specific, but now just seems to mean anyone 2.5 years older than you are who's had sex with anyone 2.5 years younger than you are. The accusation of pedophilia being laid at De Niro's feet is really amazing when you consider for a moment that De Niro's partner, Tiffany Chen, is 45 fucking years old. 
I'm going to climb out on a limb here. Men who sleep with 45-year-old women are not pedophiles. 29-year-olds who sleep with 83-year-old men may be gerontophiles. And 29-year-old women who sleep with rich and famous 83-year-old men may not be there for the sex. They may be there for something other than or in addition to the sex. But you know what? A 29-year-old is an adult. I know age gap relationships make people uncomfortable in these power parsing days, but maybe these are less age gap relationships and more I will see you out relationships. Both these women will have plenty of time to date if they care to after these relationships end, age appropriate partners if they so choose. And I know it's weird to think about someone that old, as old as Pacino or De Niro becoming a new dad and it says something about sex and desire and power and wealth that Pacino at 83 would choose to date a 29-year-old and not, say, Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue cover model Martha Stewart, who is 81. But it's not just rich old men who are doing this sort of thing these days. Cher, who is in her 70s, is dating a 36-year-old music producer, Alexander A.E. Edward. Madonna, 64 years old, is dating Josh Popper, a 29-year-old boxing coach. Look, as uncomfortable as it may make us sometimes, consenting adults can do whatever they want for whatever reason they want. There are, there always have been a lot of willas out there. This is a succession reference. I apologize to those of you who didn't watch and don't get it. But the thing about Willa in the end is she kind of sort of comes to love Connor, however transactional that relationship might have been at the start. In the end, Willa seems to love Connor more than his dad, siblings, or stepmom does. Now I realize Willa is a fictional character in a TV show and a minor one. But there's a reason Willa's arc on that show is plausible, and it's because we know these sorts of things. People dating people for the wrong reason and then coming to love them, perhaps, for good reasons. These things happen. As for the kids Pacino and De Niro are having at their age, Tony Randall, one of the hundreds of famous dead people who still live on in my head, which is why there's no room in my head for the stars of Vanderpump Rules or the name of Taylor Swift's current future ex-boyfriend. Tony Randall had two kids with his much younger wife when he was in his 80s 30 years ago. His kids, now in their 30s, seem to have turned out just fine. So... Unlike the crazy online trolls with their crazy petitions and their even crazier accusations of pedophilia, I want to kick off Pride Month by wishing all of these crazy straight kids and their crazy age gap relationships well. Alan Newer, Bob and Tiff, Sharon Alex, Madonna and Jeff. And here's hoping there's a hot younger man in Martha Stewart's future too. I hear Army Hammer is single and available, but yeah, no, not Army Hammer. All right, coming up on the micro and Magnum Savage Lovecast, Sarah Dysock from Chicago's Early to Bed is here to clear up some confusion about silicone in sex toys and lube. And joining me on the Magnum that you can subscribe to at savage.love, Dr. Leela Wood is here to help me tackle some difficult questions about sexual trauma. All that coming up on today's Lovecast. Floria is an all-natural health and sexual wellness company with product lines using the power of plant actives and CBD to effectively enhance intimacy, sexual pleasure, daily well-being, and relief from discomfort. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com savage. This episode is brought to you by Helix Sleep, the best mattress for your individualized comfort. Right now, my listeners get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Go to helixsleep.com slash savage. This episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by Talkspace, online therapy that makes it easy to get extra mental health support. For $100 off your first month, go to talkspace.com and use the offer code SAVAGE. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a 37-year-old female who is in the middle of a nasty divorce because I slept with my husband's best friend over the course of two and a half months, and he found out. We have a kid together, and the best friend, you know, was part of our life for seven years, and we had a great friendship before, and I fell in love with him, and my husband and I weren't having sex anymore. We weren't intimate or affectionate at all, despite me, you know, telling him I was unsatisfied for a number of 
years and I just felt like he couldn't meet my needs sexually, even though many other aspects of our relationship were great. But now that it's over and he's really angry, I'm feeling a lot of regret and thinking, was there another way around this? Like, should I have tried harder? Should I have said it a different way? Obviously, I feel like I shouldn't have cheated unethically and there was a better way to do that. But And we have a kid together, so I'm just stuck between this massive amount of guilt about I should have just sacrificed my sex life for my kid, and on the other side, feeling like it was just never going to get better. Just wondering if you have any insight or advice for me and how to move forward. I'm stuck, you know, thinking, should I... Should I really plead and try to make it work, which I think it's probably not at this point considering who it was, or figure out a way to forgive myself and realize that it's better for my daughter this way? I I don't know. Is it better for her, or am I just trying to tell myself something to make myself feel better? Okay. This is an ugly mess. You were in a sexless relationship with your husband for many years. You asked him to work on it just going to take you at your word. He wouldn't or he couldn't. And so your husband had neglected you sexually and rejected you sexually. What did he think was going to happen sooner or later? Ideally, perhaps it would have been better if you'd done, quote unquote, the right thing. The thing I'm always told is, quote unquote, the right thing, which is if you're in a sexless marriage and you're unhappy about the sexlessness, you should leave your partner. You should do the right thing and end the marriage, get a divorce before you touch another human being with your genitals. But you know what? Sex drives are hard to bottle up endlessly. People weigh the benefit of the relationship that they're in now. Sounds like it was a perfectly good relationship, low conflict. You were good parents together. You didn't want to break up your kid's home. And eventually you cracked and did what you needed to do to stay married and stay sane and you fucked somebody else. Your mistake was the selection of the other person that you were going to fuck. You fucked your husband's best friend, which compounded the betrayal of you fucking somebody else. Even if he didn't want to fuck you, you'd made a monogamous commitment to him. I don't understand people who are in sexless relationships that began with a monogamous commitment, who continue to insist on monogamy. If you don't want to fuck somebody then you're in a monogamous relationship, a sexless monogamous relationship. That should mean that you're the only person they don't fuck, right? But you compounded the hurt of betrayal with humiliation because you fucked his best friend. And to make that kind of a fair partner choice is to really slam your hand down on the self-destruct button, on the eject button. And it's ugly and it's sad. And Perhaps you should feel guilty, but at some point you should allow yourself to feel complicated. You should allow yourself to feel some ambiguity. You should allow yourself to apportion, although it's always the person who cheats, who's 100% responsible in everyone else's eyes, who's always the bad guy. You were starved out of this marriage. You were sexually neglected, rejected. Eventually you fucked somebody else. That's what people who are neglected sexually and rejected sexually almost invariably do. And you did it. And he, at some point, has to take some responsibility for that. He is partly the author of this sad, tragic, predictable, cliche shit show. Apologize. Sounds like you have. Have the decency to feel bad about it to a point. He needs to take some responsibility himself to a point for where you two have now found yourselves, which is in divorce court. Hey, Dan, I'm 29. I'm in a long-term relationship, I guess, now with a cishet man in his mid-30s. So when we first started dating, he was like, yeah, me and him ought to be non-monogamous. I was in open relationships before. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. I was pretty banged up and in not a great place. And I told him at the time, I like, I don't have the emotional bandwidth for this. Like, if anything is going on with anyone else right now, like, I don't want to know. Use a condom, you know, bon voyage. And then after a few months of dating, he asked me out. So we're in a relationship. And that was a monogamous relationship. 
he was like, you know, thanks for not making me feel hurried into this. I was like, it's fine. And then, you know, we had, I remember specifically it being the 21st of December. I was at a party and we were talking about it and I was getting a bit upset. So I was just like, I just can't be open right now. Like, you know, it's not something that I was ever against, but I just didn't have the capacity for it. And he was like, no, it's fine. You're never in a rush. Don't even worry about it. A year goes by. It's been, you know, 18 months since then. And I get a bombshell dropped on me from his past that he finally tells me. And this sends me into somewhat of a, oh, I thought you were, you were a known quantity. And I went on his phone and I found flirting messages and stuff with, a you know, one with a particular friend, a phrase that I just can't get out of my head that he's written back to her. You know, I don't feel like our story is over. It's so dramatic, so over the top. And then fast forward another three months we've we've processed that nonsense we're dating other people we're playing at parties it's really good fun and then we're out at a wedding and then he's hanging out with some other chick I get pretty pissed off about that he goes off gets storms off and yeah again I just felt vulnerable felt ignored and then yeah I, I did the shitty thing and I went back in his phone but this time I went a little deeper and found that he had been sexting with people while he'd been away on trips when I'd expressed to him that I felt like you know our sex life had really dried up and that he wasn't texting me in a sexy way it was making me feel like really like he wasn't into me and he said that he didn't like to do it but lo and behold he's sending the same selfies and sexting with other people him meeting up with other girls you know just a, a, a plethora of him talking to other people and we're closed now I've rebranded this as an opportunity for us to have a second honeymoon, but I don't know how to move forward with any of our E&M stuff or any of our non-monogamy stuff at all because people told me that he was a bad guy. And during that first phase, I was like, this man is not cheating on me. There's, there's not, he, he wouldn't do that to me. And he said that he always cheats in relationships so he can have something over on the other person. That if it all goes wrong, it doesn't matter because I already did this thing. And there's just something so hateful about that. It's really like freaking me out. And it's just so antithetical to the person that I experience day to day, who's so loving and caring and considerate and lifts me up and has really helped me. And is like, you know, wants me to like smash, like just smash life. The person I see before me isn't the person that I correlate with all this pain that I'm feeling constantly, but is affecting my self-esteem. It's making me feel shit. I don't know what I'm asking, really. I just want to feel better. Like, how the fuck do I get past this? I worry that if I need longer in this state of not doing stuff with the people, that, like, he'll just, you know, decide that he's going to go and do it because he might think I'm never going to go back open again. But, yeah, I'm just stuck. I don't know how to get back to fully trusting someone. Do I need to just give him the opportunity to potentially fuck up again but give him that space for trust? Or do I keep a, a lockdown on this? Either way, it's all feeling pretty bad. Look, if you want to keep fucking this guy, if you want to keep dating this guy, you go right ahead and keep fucking and dating this guy. You list a lot of options here, which is how to reestablish trust, whether you can be ethically non-monogamous with this person under these circumstances, whether you can trust him if he tells you this time that he will be monogamous for the duration or at least monogamous for one single entire wedding reception. What you don't list on the possible options here is breaking the fuck up with this guy. You know, there's that famous Maya Angelou quote that we've slung around on this podcast a lot for years. When someone tells you who they are, believe them the first time. Usually that's referenced when you're talking about something opaque, when somebody did something or said something and you had to put the pieces together and then you could see who they really were. They, or some action they took. This guy literally told you who he was. He told you at the beginning of this relationship that he has never not cheated. He told you that he always wants to feel like he has something over any partner he has has ever had any partner he currently has that was you any partner he might have in the future that could be you okay okay this is what you've signed up for you are at the seafood restaurant do not complain about the seafood being set in front of you if you're going to sit in the seafood restaurant and order dish after dish night after night you're going to be fucking eating fish you are going to be cheated on if you stay in this relationship if he's worth it if you can have a little paradigm shift or something in your own head where you're like, he lies to me. He wants to have things over on me. 
I can't trust him out of my sight. He's going to fuck other women all the time. He's going to sex with other women when he's telling me he's not in the mood to sex with me. If that's something that arouses you, if this kind of drama in a relationship, if you can read that as passion, if you can tap into something that's a little cuckoldy in your heart where this becomes lemonade that you made out of lemons in the seafood restaurant, look, if you stay, this is how it's going to be. Do you want to stay? Great. Stay. But don't complain. Don't complain when you get cheated on because you're going to get cheated on. You're going to get lied to. Every time you pick up his phone and invade his privacy, which you know what? Somebody who cheats that much kind of deserves it. Don't have a problem with it. You're going to find out he is exactly who he told you he was at the beginning of your relationship, you are never not going to smell other women's pussies on his hands, face, or dick. This is how it's going to be. If it's not okay with you, get the fuck out. This episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by Euphoria, makers of products for amazing sex, the kind of sex you want to have. Products including arousal oil, clean lube, bath salts, and suppositories. People are literally saying things like this about Foria's products. This is a quote. I had a three-minute orgasm and then a five-minute orgasm and felt like I was surfing in a perpetual wave pool of pleasure. And another quote, we use Awaken, and when she gets on top, we both come so hard that we see sounds and hear colors. And it doesn't hurt when GQ calls you the best sex product of the year, and Shape says you are the best invention since the vibrator. Now, this is a little personal, but Terry and I tried the suppository and leave it to Foria to make suppositories sexy. They did it. I'm not sure what they put in there. I know there's CBD at least, but they have some serious love potion energy. So yeah, you have my permission to try this. I fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself to more deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it as often as possible. And you can start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting www.foriawellness.com savage or use the code savage at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash savage for 20% off your first order. I recommend trying their Awaken Arousal Oil and Sex Oil. You'll thank me later. Hi, Dan. My husband has a really beautiful cock. He knows it. I know it. Everyone knows it. He loves taking videos of himself jacking off. It's hot. He thinks it's hot. Other people think it's hot. We're wondering if there's a market out there, maybe an OnlyFans, just for that, not showing his face, but just his dick jacking off. We're wondering if it's even worth it to even try. Is there a market out there? How to get started? I don't know. We just wonder if he can make money off this perfect dick. I'm just going to take your word for it. You say your husband has the perfect dick. You say everybody knows this. I don't know that. I haven't seen any proof. I haven't seen any evidence. Uh, look, there's a lot of dick out there. There's a lot of dick on the internet. There's a lot of people posting videos of their dicks, perfect and otherwise, and dick is subjective. One person's perfect dick is another person's too big, too wide, too thick, too long, too short, too fat, too skinny, too whatever dick. So yeah, maybe your husband has a dick that a lot of people, a greater number of people would think is the perfect dick compared to some other dicks. Can you monetize your husband's dick? Sure. How do you get started? You don't need my help with that. I don't need to walk you through that. If you Google, how do I get started on OnlyFans, a million articles are going to come up explaining step by step how you create an OnlyFans account. What you need to know is that OnlyFans accounts are work. It's not as simple as throw a dick on the internet, cash the check. I got a letter from a woman who was responding to someone with a very similar question to yours a few weeks ago or a few months ago in Savage Love, my column, 
where a guy wanted to share his dick on the internet and make a lot of money. And Rose Princess Cat wrote in to say, this is for the person thinking of making OnlyFans, there is a reason it's called sex work. It is work. Rose goes on to say, I've been an in-person sex worker for five years with my already existing fan base and hundreds of photo shoots already in the archive. I am making $800 a month on OnlyFans before expenses and taxes. Take-home is probably half that, $400, and that puts me in the top 12% of creators. This is not to tell the person not to do it, Rose concludes, just to put a reality check on the ease of doing it. It's not as simple as snap dick pick profit. But nothing ventured, nothing gained. Who knows? There may be an enormous market, a hunger out there for your particular partner's particular fucking dick. You won't know until you put it out there. I got to say, though, disembodied dicks, just the dick. People I know who've done that kind of OnlyFans-ish sex work where they're ju- they just want to show their feet, no face, no other kind of engagement, or just want to show their dick, or just want to show their hole, no other kind of engagement, don't tend to make a lot of money. Yeah, a perfect dick is great. Most people don't like floating, flying, disembodied dicks. They want to get to know, get to see the person that that dick is attached to. And that's one of the things that OnlyFans and other platforms like OnlyFans have do for people. They kind of wind up feeling like they have a parasocial relationship, they have a connection, a certain kind of intimacy with the person whose porn they're consuming, with the person who's providing them, sometimes with bespoke videos. And that requires a lot of work, sometimes a lot of emotional labor, Is your husband willing to do that or are you willing to impersonate him and do that kind of work, those kinds of interactions with people who want to see his dick and want to hear something from him about his dick or about selling his dick pics to them particularly? If so, then you may wind up making a little bit more money than if you just want to toss your husband's perfect dick. Again, taking your word for it, I haven't seen this dick up on the internet. A man of my stature and my reputation, a man who has spent more than half his life talking to people about what they do in bed, that man goes to bed each night on the best mattress possible, and that best mattress possible, the best mattress available out there is a Helix mattress, and you will find me and my husband and our various boyfriends laying down, laying our heads down each night on a Helix mattress mattress. Helix Sleep is a premium mattress brand that provides tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences. The Helix Sleep lineup offers 14 unique mattresses, including a new collection of six luxury models called Helix Elite. These mattresses are loaded up with super high-tech features like a built-in cooling cover, comfort layers tailored to sleeping position support, and edge reinforcement. And every Helix Elite mattress comes with a 15-year manufacturer's warranty and the same 100-night trial as the rest of Helix mattresses. Take the Helix Sleep Quiz now to find your perfect mattress in under two minutes, and your personalized mattress will be shipped straight to your door free of charge For that 100-night trial, you get to try out your new Helix mattress, see how your body adjusts, and if you decide it's not the best fit for you, you are welcome to return it for a full refund. Right now, Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for my listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash savage for 20% off. This is their best offer yet. It won't last long. Go to Helix. Go now with Helix. Better sleep starts now. Can silicone lube or hybrid lube damage silicone toys? Joining me to help tackle this question, my favorite expert on all things sex toys, Sarah Dysock, owner of Chicago's favorite sex shop, Early to Bed. Hey, Sarah, thank you so much for jumping on the phone again. Oh, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. So this is a relatively short, sweet, direct question. Uh, And I assume I know the answer to this one just because, like using oil-based lubricants with condoms, latex condoms is a no-no because they dissolve latex condoms. If silicone lube harmed silicone sex toys, I assume I would have heard about that constantly for the last two decades. So my guess, I'm just going to guess that silicone lube is not bad for silicone sex toys, but you're the expert. And you're wrong. I have Ah! to say, I know, I don't know what Who's who you've been talking to, but um, could you sugarcoat that just a little bit? <laughs> Sorry, 
Um, I regret to inform you that you've been misinformed <laughs> or lack of informed. The, the short answer is that silicone lube can harm silicone toys. And so we always, as sex toy purveyors and, you know, lovers, we always tell people to not use sex toys that are silicone with silicone lube. There's a caveat to this, of course, is that sometimes they can be compatible, but, they, but often it will um, affect a warranty on a toy if you use silicone lube with a silicone toy, or it can ruin the surface. So we don't recommend it. Okay, so I'd like to point out that I wasn't wrong. I made an errant inference from a lack of information. I'm so sorry. That was not very trauma-informed of me, and I apologize. <laughs> no, no, I was 100% wrong. You were absolutely 100% <laughs> right to tell me I was 100% wrong. So what lube should you be using with your silicone sex toys? We always recommend water-based lubes just because they're going to be safe for all sex toys, safe for all safer sex items, and easy to clean up. Hybrid lubes, which your caller mentioned, do have a tiny bit of silicone, but that does not usually affect their compatibility. So hybrid lubes are safe. And actually, a lot of silicone toys are safe with some oil-based lubes, but you want to make sure you're doing a patch test too. But water-based is my go-to for just about everything. Now, a lot of people prefer oil-based lubes because they stay slicker longer. Water-based lubes can get tacky faster. You may have to reapply water-based lube more often than an oil-based lube. And I guess just because the stakes were so high for me in the 90s and the 80s with any oil-based meeting latex, that oil-based was just like the lube to avoid, that I need to wrap my head around the fact that oil-based is preferable with silicone sex toys. And if you're using lube and you don't have to use condoms with the partner that you're playing with, oil-based is the way to go. Right. And also to add to that, though, if a vagina is involved, oil is not usually very good. So because it can just prevent the body from doing it self-cleaning. And so silicone's better for vaginal? Silicone, yes. Again, water or hybrid, ideal. One of the questions I often get about silicone lubes that somehow hasn't come up on the, on the show, I don't think ever, is if you put silicone lube into your butt, you're, it may be absorbed into the body. Is that bad for you? No. All of these lubes that are on the market, I mean, we're talking about not grabbing some silicone-based lubricant from the garage or some other part of your house, but lubes produced for bodies, they go through testing, they're very safe, they tend to be hypoallergenic. People who have reactions to other lubes find that silicone lubes can be actually the most comfortable. The only thing you really have to worry about is silicone toy compatibility. Other than that, they're great lubes and they're not gonna, you might be slippery in that orifice a little longer than you want, but you know, they're, they're totally safe for your body, mouth, butt, vagina, whatever you're putting things. But hybrid or water-based for silicone toys. Is there other kinds of, I mean, should anybody be using an insertion toy anymore that isn't silicone? Soft toys, no. Stay away from mystery meat, jelly, those kinds of things, and don't use silicone lube either just because it'll not ever get clean. Stainless steel, glass, those are great to use with silicone lube or any lube. They're super safe for your body. They can put pressure on your prostate or G-spot, super slick. So those are a nice, those are an alternative to silicone that is body safe and lube compatible. All right, Sarah Dysock, owner of Chicago's favorite sex shop, Early to Bed, formerly my favorite purveyor of sex toys until she got on my show to tell me to my face that I was wrong about something. If you're in Chicago and you need some silicone lube or oil-based lube or hybrid or water-based, visit Early to Bed at 5138 North Clark Street. And if you're outside of Chicago, you can shop at Early to Bed online at early2early2bed.com. Sarah, thank you so much for jumping on the phone again and sharing your expertise with us and educating me. My pleasure. Anytime. Do you think seeing a therapist or psychiatrist would be helpful, but you don't have the time to actually find one and meet up with them, or you don't think you can afford them? Try Talkspace. By doing everything online, Talkspace has made getting that help that you need, that help that you want, accessible and affordable. And Talkspace takes most insurance. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a therapist who's right for you, typically within 48 hours. 
It's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions with your licensed therapist from the comfort of your own home. There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. Talkspace is mental health care made easy. I know some of you are struggling in your relationships. Well, Talkspace offers couples counseling, so this could be a great way to work on your issues as a couple. They also offer therapy for teens and psychiatrists who can prescribe and manage mental health medications. Talkspace is secure and private using the latest end-to-end bank-grade encryption technology and complies with the latest HIPAA regulations. Talkspace is also affordable, and unlike many other online therapy providers, Talkspace is in-network with most major insurers. If your plan covers Talkspace, you'll only pay a copay, typically around $25. And as a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com savage. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com savage. Savage to get $100 off your first month and also show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Savage. Hey, Dan, I'm a 40-something-year-old guy on the East Coast, and I'm having a dick problem, which I assume is really mostly a brain problem. And it has to do with unprotected sex versus wearing a condom. And of course... There are a ton of people out there who hate condoms, and I know it's not a competition, but I really, really hate condoms to the point where I often can't get hard just at the thought of wearing one, or I can't stay hard if I am wearing one. But on the other hand, if I'm not wearing a condom and unprotected intercourse can happen, I am fucking Superman, and I can stay hard and go all day. And I'm just wondering, A, how I could get better at condoms and get over this mental block, and B, is it fair slash accurate to say that I have a fetish for unprotected sex? I just don't know how to think about this or how to frame it. It's a real pain in the ass. Lately, it's gotten to the point where I've often chosen not to have sex or not to pursue certain sexual opportunities because I know that I would need to have a condom and it's just not even worth it. And that's not a fun way to live. I know hating condoms isn't a competition, but wouldn't it be hilarious if it was, if there was some who hates condoms most competition, some trophy that could be awarded to the straight guy out there who hates condoms more than any other straight guy out there? I would watch that competition. Look, get a fucking vasectomy if you don't want to wear condoms. Getting a vasectomy is not going to protect you or your partner from the sexually transmitted infections that wearing condoms can protect you and your casual partners from, but it would allow you to have condom-free sex with a woman that you've gotten to know and who's gotten to know you and wants to have condom-free sex with you. Look, if you want to acclimate to condoms, I can share something that some gay guys did in the 80s that helped them acclimate to condoms because, you know, when it became a life and death issue wearing condoms for gay men at the height of the HIV AIDS crisis, shifting to condoms, opening little foil packets, applying lube, rolling a condom onto your hard dick, taking that little break in the action, that threw some guys. And masturbating with condoms when you wanted to have a wank, wearing a condom for your wank, that helped. A lot of guys I knew personally who were having trouble incorporating condoms into partner sex. It helped them kind of forget that they were there. Also putting them on, putting a condom on long before, not the instant before you want to penetrate somebody if you're hard and the dick's going to stay hard, putting that condom on taking that little break in the action a little ways before, a little while before penetration as opposed to immediately before penetration. That helped a lot of guys. All that said, there are definitely people out there who fetishize what it means to have unprotected sex, the power of their spunk to impregnate someone. We recently had a fascinating conversation on the Lovecast with Leo Herrera about how some gay men kind of in some funhouse mirror, really creepy, awful way in the 90s, 
pivoted off that straight guy thing, my powerful semen going to knock you up and made that about knocking people up with HIV, that bug chasing, gift giving, weird fucking shit that broke out in the 90s. And we're thankfully passed because of protease inhibitors because of PrEP. But yeah, obviously, my powerful cum and what my powerful cum can do that some people would fetishize that, that that would be important to their sense of sexual desire. Yeah, obviously, that's what cum does. And people will attach meaning and importance to that. And it may, for some guys, be something that they really need in that moment to get off. But you know what? There's a lot of people who really need something in the moment to get there, to get off, to stay hard, that they can't actually have in the moment because it's impossible or morally can't be done. And so what you do, as so many people do, is you kind of zoom out of the room a little bit while you're having sex and you fantasize about whatever it is that you need to fantasize about to bridge that gap, to make sure you don't lose that erection. And yeah, that's a mind thing. Your body can acclimate physically to the presence of a condom, start masturbating, wearing condoms when you want to masturbate. Helps with cleanup. Don't need that dirty sock. Don't need that t-shirt. But also, you know, if you've got a condom on, you can fantasize about not having a condom on. Just like some people when they're having sex with their husband of 20 years that they're not so into anymore, laying there fantasizing about whoever it is that straight women are fantasizing about right now. I was going to say Channing Tatum, but I think that's old now. I don't know. Channing Tatum, the entire cast of Fast and Furious episode 400 and 412, whatever it takes, you can think about, fantasize about what it is that you need, what it is that might be missing or blocked in the case of a condom being present that gets you there. You can do it if you have to. <sighs> you can also get a fucking vasectomy and then suspend your disbelief about your swimmers not being in your spunk anymore and your spunk not having these magical properties. And you can also try radical honesty. You can say to women that you date, like, look, I can't put a condom on and get hard. I'm not trying to manipulate you the first time we have sex into having condom-free sex. What I'm saying is... Let's have oral sex. Let's roll around. Let me get you off. Let's use fingers and tongues and toys. And after we have gotten to a place where we want to continue to be intimate and I've gotten you off in all these amazing ways, if you feel good about me, if we want to take it to that next level, we can start having condom-free intercourse. But at least for the first three months, six months, we're going to explore everything but PIV. Some women will be turned off by that, but for some women, that's going to be the fucking jackpot. And maybe that woman, that kind of woman would be the right woman for you. Dan, I am hearing people hating on Mother's Day as being exclusionary. Does every holiday have to include everyone or be hated? I don't think Mother's Day is anti-anyone. It's just pro-mothers. I don't think May the 4th is anti-Star Trek or... 420 is anti-people who drink alcohol. Can't we all just get along? You know, one way we can all get along is to not signal boost people who are being ridiculous. People who say that 420 is somehow discriminatory or exclusionary. Not that I've ever heard anybody say this because it doesn't celebrate people who drink alcohol as opposed to people like me who eat a lot of pot lozenges. Yeah, you can ignore that person. You can roll your eyes and walk the fuck away. Anybody who's online, anyone who's on Twitter, anybody with an anime avatar who's complaining that Mother's Day is somehow exclusionary, all right, whatever the fuck, you don't need to engage. You don't need to rant about it yourself or ask me to rant about it. We have the power to ignore. We have the power to stare at someone blankly, online or offline, online or in real life, and then turn and walk the fuck away and not engage. And I say this not always being able to practice this myself. The age gap discourse on the internet, the stuff that sometimes somebody posts about sex scenes in movies, the chum that people throw into the water. I have taken the 
bait. I have lunged at it myself a couple of times. Well, a couple of hundred thousand times in my life on the internet. But I don't always have to. And sometimes I remind myself of the moment that I don't have to. So when you see somebody saying Mother's Day is exclusionary or discriminatory, okay, whatever the fuck, then they don't have to celebrate Mother's Day. You can make the same argument about Father's Day if you think there needs to be some sort of non-gendered parents day, you can make that happen. You can declare a day for that. You can do something proactive instead of guilting people who are celebrating moms, which is a perfectly legitimate thing to celebrate. I loved my mother. I sent her flowers on Mother's Day and I don't feel bad about it. If she was alive, I would do it again. You know what I wouldn't do right now? or what I wouldn't do again, is get into some bullshit argument on the internet with somebody who was telling me that me sending flowers to my mom on mom's day was somehow micro or macro aggressing them. You don't have to engage. You don't have to argue with people who are being ridiculous. All right, before we get to this week's listener response calls, a couple of comments left on last week's show posted at savage.love. A short guy writes, the woman who's only into tall guys, I think her issue is quite simple to resolve. Just write on your profile, must be taller than me, or six foot plus only need apply, or must be this tall to ride this ride. Galapagos Athene, a classics professor, had some advice for the woman interested in earth porn. Greek mythology is going to be your jam. Try Hesiod's Theogony, or Theogony, I'm not sure how to pronounce that word, a cosmological poem that includes lots of natural entities like chaos, earth, night, and sky all getting it on. And check out the myth of Danai, a mortal woman who gets impregnated by Zeus in the form of a shower of golden rain. I've never looked, Glaucopus continues, but I don't doubt there is porn or erotica derived from some stuff like this someplace on the internet. See Rule 34. And finally, from earth porn to wealth porn, Cassie asks, Dan, the succession finale aired last weekend. I would love to hear your thoughts on the finale. All right, my thoughts on the succession finale. Quickly, briefly, I love the show, but I have to say I was underwhelmed by the finale. After battling over who would wind up controlling Waystar Royco for four seasons, it sure looked like political events set in motion by the wealthy, thoughtless, cosseted members of the Roy family were going to overtake them in the finale. Instead, we got another boardroom battle. We got to see Kendall get his ass handed to him one last time. I loved it again. I loved the show, but I was expecting a bigger swing. All right. Thanks to everyone who left comments at savage.love on the podcast and the column. And thanks to everyone who posted to your social media accounts about the show this week. We really appreciate how you help spread the word about the Savage Lovecast and Savage Love. And now, listener response calls. Hi, Dan. Calling about caller from episode 867. The gentleman who's getting engaged soon and whose dad wants to gift him his past mother's diamond. Uh, I actually had a similar situation, and, and I wanted to tell the caller that Dan's advice is spot on. My mom offered her engagement ring diamond to me for proposing to my current fiance. And I, I love the gesture. I didn't have the same baggage that the caller did with his mom. However, it's just not what my fiance wanted. So I'm actually doing the same thing Dan, Dan recommended. Take that diamond and repurpose it. Put it in another piece of jewelry that'll mean something to your fiance and, and explain to her, hey, this is as much a gift from my dad as it is to from me. And uh, it's his way of welcoming you into our family. And, you know, sell it that way, man. You, you get two pieces of jewelry for one. Good luck and congratulations. Hi, this is a response to the gentleman in episode 867 who was concerned about lasting long enough in bed with his wife now that their life situation has changed and they don't have to always do quickies. A great way for him to increase his endurance is to masturbate for the same amount of time that he will be having sex with his wife. That way he's building the stamina during his self pleasure practice and then retraining his cock for longer sessions and then his body and cock will be able to perform better with his wife. Hey, I'm calling in response to the woman who called last episode about cheese dick. Basically the guys who aren't washing their dicks 
Here's my hot tip, and it will change your life, I promise. I keep a pack of feminine wipes on the back of my toilet, and right before I'm about to get busy or, like, we've taken our clothes off, we're on the couch, I don't know, the bedroom, I, like, I'm, like, one second, and I run to the bathroom, get a little feminine wipe, come back, wipe myself, because we're all we're all dirty and come and I wipe him and you can make it fun and sexy but honestly it's like no one's gonna say no and just go get the unscented ones organic so it's not like feminine even though they are feminine wipes but yeah they're in the back of the Walgreens in the corner with the other feminine products have fun and we're gonna leave it there Got a question for next week's Lovecast or something to say about something I said on this week's Lovecast? Go to savage.love slash askdan to record your question or comment. Or you can use the voice memo app on your phone and email your question or comment to q at savage.love. You can also call us and leave a message at 206-302-2064. The 2023 Hump Tour is on pause for the summer. Hump will be back in theaters near you this fall, making now the perfect time to start thinking about creating and submitting your film for Hump 2024. Hump, of course, is my amateur porn short film festival. Films for Hump can be hardcore, softcore, live action, animated, kinky, vanilla, straight, gay, lesbian, bi, transgender, queer, anything goes at Hump. Well, anything except poop, animals, kids, no poop, no animals, no kids in Hump films. There's no fee to submit a film to Hump, and filmmakers whose films get into the festival get a cut of ticket sales. Go to humpfilmfest.com slash submit for all the info you need on getting your ass into Hump. Follow me on Instagram at Dan Savage and follow me on Twitter. Yes, still at fake Dan Savage. And now you can follow me on blue sky at Dan Savage. Follow early to bed on Twitter at early to bed. Check out their website at early That's early numeral to bed.com and follow Dr. Leela Wood on Twitter at Leela Wood Wood. The Savage Lovecast is produced every week by Nancy Hartunian and me and the tech savvy at risk youth and Nancy. We will all be back at you next week. No installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thank you for time.